This is an ABC podcast. How helpful are men in your life? I don't feel like they would be a benefit for them to help out. I think they like being comfortable and expecting their food to be ready or expecting their laundry to be done. And when they see a job to be done, do they step up or do they step right back? I've seen them ask their girlfriend to get the glad wrap that was behind him to wrap up his food, but he was closer. And whose job is it to get them to stop being so lazy and get their hands dirty? I think it's really up to, unfortunately, their partner to kind of realize that the roles in the house and the roles in in life are not bound by what society has taught them. I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about lazy men in the Pacific. If you ever muttered or maybe even shouted something like Okase Pae or Lesman or you dislamania enough you help him too or about your husband or brother or father. Like if a man in your house tries to wash up but leaves half the food on the plates, so you end up doing it. You dislamania enough you help too. Or he watches the kids but lets them do something particularly dangerous without any risk assessment. Less one. We may roll our eyes and have some pretty ugly thoughts, but there is a far darker side to this. When it comes to daily life of agriculture, women are usually the ones who do the most back-breaking daily tasks while still looking after young children. This unfair gender balance of labor is more prevalent in some countries than others. But even where it is not so in your face, it is still there. So what do Pacific Island women think about this? Clearing, cutting down bush, clearing that land, and then making drains, that's traditionally a man's role. And the women would come in to plant and then weed and harvest. For women who don't have that help, they have to do everything on their own. That's Dr. Elizabeth Coppell from the PNG National Research Institute. I'll come back to her to talk about the back-breaking work left to women in PNG. But a couple of women taking lazy men to task in their communities are Talita and Krebs from the Two Brownish Girls podcast. Talita is a proud Fijian woman. I've seen in one instance, I won't name who, but someone not related to me, but I've seen them ask their girlfriend to get the glad wrap that was behind him to wrap up his food. But he no was close way. <laughs> to the glad wrap. And I didn't understand. And my friend and I saw it like when we were out <laughs> at a function and we just were like, but he's like closer to it. Like why would you get your missus to like do that when he was literally closer? So she came from, like, the other side of the function to do it, even though it was literally behind him. Cribs is someone, and she sees it as a systemic problem. 
I don't feel like they would there would be a benefit for them to help out. I think they like being comfortable and and just expecting their food to be ready or expecting their laundry to be done. I think by them actually offering to help out is causing more work for them and I don't think they want that. So I think it's really up to, unfortunately, their partner to kind of, you know, empower themselves to realise that, you know, the, the roles in the house or the roles in, in life are not bound by what society has taught them for many, many years. But they both say men in their life aren't as bad as some. Yes, Talita again. I think I'm pretty lucky because I come from a family where basically my dad and grandpa were like feminists and everything. So even though they're both military men, I was never really in a situation where I've been surrounded by lazy men. So I actually don't know what characteristics that you can probably trace, but I would assume like anything just like that glad rap situation, <laughs> probably like that, 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 anything like that when he's probably closer to something or gets you to do it. I'm assuming that might be an indicator. <laughs> yes, Maybe there's yes. something else yeah, going on here. Crip says the men in her immediate family are also pretty helpful, but less so in her wider community. You do see it in your extended family, I would say, at times. And you see the inadequacies and, you know, your your cousins and especially when it comes to chores and, you know, just the things around the house, you can really see how, you know, the way that the <laughs> the boys and the men are treated is a lot different in comparison to the to the women and the young girls. Yeah. I get you. We do the dishes and do the cooking and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Yeah, they just do nothing and sit down and watch TV or something. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think this is so? Uh, it's like we're so advanced, we're out, we're seeing the world. Why do you think men still do this in the Pacific? I think there's a certain expectation and I feel like it comes from a very heteronormative point of view. You know, having like a nuclear family, the women does all the responsibilities, the men are the breadwinners, they go out to work, have a hard, long, hard day at work, come back and expect things to be ready for them. So I feel like there's a lot of expectation in the Pacific that that narrative still continues and unfortunately that cycle continues to be passed down through the way that the you know the sons are treated as opposed to the daughters i mean obviously this is more from like a cisgender perspective it doesn't take into account our our trans community as well but i think it's really interesting to see how you know the the boys are considered you know oh you know we're gonna look after them gonna look you know gonna take care of them and feed them and do their laundry for them and I think that doesn't always, you know, end up as positive as people people expect because a lot of that filters down into their relationships and then there's a certain expectation that, the you know, the partner cares for them and it's just an ongoing, I feel, a toxic cycle. Yes, <laughs> Dalita again. I really think it's still a cultural thing with our community. There's still a lot of traditional approaches that a lot of men have in regards to how they treat women in our culture, in like Pacific Islander culture. And I think that's the issue that we have is that a lot of them have also probably come from like really traditional Pacific Islander homes as well, where 
I think they're used to seeing probably their dad or like any male relative do that to the women in their family. So they're probably used to like, you know, seeing that they're like replicating just what they've grown up with. That's what I think it is. Mm. Now, let's just be clear that not all, you know, Pacific men oh, are yeah. lazy, but it's just, you know, for a few. And this is what you're talking about today. Um, do they get called out on their laziness or is it something that mothers and wives just ignore and uh, make up for it and help them out? I think mothers um, are mothers encourage this behavior sometimes i think that i think there's like an ongoing joke that i always hear and it's not just for pacific island and mothers but it's basically for any ethnic or like immigrant mother it's like the son can't do no wrong but the daughter is always held accountable for whatever they do but like the son is always like on the throne like it's always a joke that I've heard like my other friends of other other races like discuss and laugh about so i think yeah i think there's a little bit of that included in that too is that some mothers would tend to do everything still for their sons i have two beautiful boys and they mow the lawn but i need to pay them to mow the lawn so i think they really need to step up and do things without being told and they're not have to be paid for, but they're good boys. Do you see this happen in some Pacific cultures and cultures and not others? I feel like I've seen it across the, across the board with like in the Pacific like cultures, like Pacific Islander cultures that I've encountered. But I feel like I've also seen it with different ethnicities, like in Western Sydney. So I feel like, I don't know if it's just like a, a normal ethnic thing. <laughs> Maybe it's not just an ethnic thing, but in my experience, like when I've seen it, it's always been like other minorities as well doing it. There's no better time than when they are young because, you know, obviously that's when their brains are forming and everything. But I, I think the way that we've been taught for many years or decades or however long, centuries is so outdated. And I think by empowering both our young boys and girls uh, to realize that, you know, this, like these roles don't exist. Gender roles don't exist anymore. <clears throat> and to be, and to think of it more as a community from a community perspective and, and as a family that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all kind of, it's, it's a common goal of enjoying each other's company and, you know, having a better quality of living as opposed to, you know, you do this, I do that. So, Yeah. <laughs> Talita and Creeps raised some very important points there. Maybe it was acceptable for girls and women to do all the work back in the day, but that has changed. And if we see ourselves as part of a community, we can all do things to help carry the load at home. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. It's one thing not to help out around the home, but some women in the Pacific also have to do all of the work on the land too. Dr. Elizabeth Coppell from the PNG National Research Institute adds up a research program that looks at gender roles in agriculture in PNG. For some women, the work falls to them because they are separated from their husbands or their husbands have multiple wives. So agriculture is both a source of food and additional income for their families. If he spends time with one of the other wives, then the one who is not living with has to do all her work on her own. 
So that creates a problem for women who want to plant more so they can feed their own families, but also have the extra to sell in the markets to earn an income, to pay school fees for their children, or to build up a good home for their children and themselves uh, later on. For many of the women and girls, uh, young girls, um, because they don't know any other day, any other way of doing things, they uh, just carry on with life. And there can be a silver lining for some women who are left to do this challenging work. Some of them are really uh, innovative in coming together as a group. Uh, there was one particular uh, group uh, in Kujib, in Jiwaka, uh, where I found the women forming a big group. Like it, it the age ranges from like, young teenagers to women in their 50s uh, who work together, uh, form a group, and they help each other out. So they have two days in the week where they work on their group projects, planting sweet potato or, or other activities. So the group helps each other out to do the things and they cut down a lot of man hours it would take to uh, complete the particular activity, and then the other days of the week, they do their own individual work. And because they already have a group, um, a work culture, individually, when they have work, um, particular work to do, they call on each other for help. But most women would just single-handedly do, do their own work. If they have money, then they would ask other people to come and help to uh, plant or harvest, and then if that happens, then they have to buy food and cook it for the people who are providing the labor. And these days, many people have to pay others for the work that's done for them. Like if it's harvesting, they let them carry some of the extra harvest home to feed their families. So. Uh, young men, especially if they're providing labor these days, it's being paid for. But Dr. Koppel says the women in a community work together in the absence of men. A lot of changes are happening in uh, the agriculture sector where people are growing uh, more and more food to sell. And women particularly, they are becoming more independent economically independent by growing food to sell. I come from the Western Islands uh, where people grow a lot of cabbages, sweet potatoes, uh, English potatoes, you know, stuff like that for sale. Um, so I've seen women who grow those crops and because the population is increasing, the food prices are going up. This provides an opportunity for women to earn more money from the produce they bring to market. So then they're able to save that money and build themselves houses. Like the last time I went to Mount Hagen, I found couples and women who've built themselves permanent houses, 
Uh, they bring water in and electricity into their homes and they're able to live like people in town. So that's that's a real like good outcome for people, uh, particularly women, who work so hard. Dr. Kopel says men can help to change this culture not only by lending a hand, but also by acknowledging the hard work that women are doing and valuing their contribution. The acknowledgement that the men give and the support they provide means a lot to the women. So then they are seen as equal partners in developing the family, the community and the wider society. Like I've seen situations where not in agriculture, but, you know, in community activities where the daughters and the sons are all contributing to a death in a village or or a bride price or something. And then the fathers and brothers come out in public and they acknowledge the daughter's contributions or the sister's contributions. And that's an eye-opener for the rest of the community. So it shows the value that's placed on the actual women. It might be money, it might be pigs, it might be just food. Uh, But when that contribution is acknowledged and the women are respected, it uh, like as a ripple effect. So other communities see that and then they start uh, doing the same thing. So that uh, helps to bring about lasting changes in society. Thank you to Dr. Elizabeth Coppell from the PNG National Research Institute. Let's hope that the husbands, fathers, and sons of PNG communities hear this and say thank you to the hardworking women in their lives. You might listen to this and think, come on, Hilda, you're being a bit unfair. The men in my life are nothing like the men you describe here. Of course, there are beautiful men out there too who take an active role in parenting and supporting their family. Alberta Sukuliana is married to one of them. Alberta is from Bougainville, which is a matriarchal society. So women are far more empowered and they call the shots. Yes, um, I've got a very supportive husband, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, one of a unique uh, husband, I would say, and a father to my children. So when I met him, I think I saw that thing in him, that <laughs> he will, he is going to love me and also support me. And it has really come true as we journey through marriage. He does what people at home would uh, say, it's women's uh, work, like, you know, changing diapers, feeding um, my children, doing the cooking. He, I love his cooking. That's <laughs> one of the best things. <laughs> oh, aren't he you blessed? With, yes, and all the cleaning, because I, I feel, um, and I'm, I'm blessed, I must say, I always thank God for that. And he really helps me with that. And when my mom is with us at home, he he tries to stop he, stop him from doing all those because she believes it's a woman's uh, 
duty to do that. But my husband is totally different. Wow. He does all that work and he really supports me with that. Other men see him and, and talk about him, but he tells them that, no, uh, it's teamwork. I love my wife. I have to do this for our family. That's wonderful. So is it unusual in your community or is this what men are like in your community in Bougainville? Uh, from my uh, experience, from my personal experience, for, from a little area that I come from in Halia, that's that's uh, actually different because most of our men there, um, they um, think it's a woman's job. And so when my husband is there at home in the village, they see him as totally, you know, a strange thing for him to cook. And sometimes <laughs> my in-laws don't cook. I mean, don't want to eat his food when he cooks in the village because they think it's against our cultural <laughs> our values. And that's wow. what they see. But yeah. So um, growing up, I saw my dad, usually expect my mom to cook and do everything and he only does the big thing but when I brought my husband in it was totally the opposite way he does everything for us That's and not- I do a bit to, to support yes okay let's get to that part so <laughs> we don't want to paint you out as somebody who doesn't do anything so in your view and your you know your marriage it's uh, teamwork in everything you do. Uh, whatever you do doesn't need to be gendered or specific to one person or the other. We see it as teamwork for our marriage to work and our family to be happy. And my husband is very protective. When he sees me do a lot, he would say, no, I have to do that too with you as well to support you. So I'm always uh, thankful to him for that, having that mindset. That's lovely. I come yeah. from the highlands of Papua New Guinea. You come from Bougainville. So it didn't matter much when you were growing up. But looking back now, I think women um, have a lot to do, you know, having kids, raising children, tending the gardens and so forth. Um, what is it like in your community and your culture? Things are changing. Women are more, more of um, treated because we are matrilineal society. We come from a matrilineal society where women inherit land, they inherit, uh, you know, they, they lead. So what men do, they, they mostly support. So I believe what my husband is doing is uh, how our society should be uh, in, in terms of supporting the woman lead. That's how our matrilineal uh, society works, because at the end of the day, it's us that own the land. When we get married, our husband has to, um, you know, leave all whatever they have with their family and their their village, and they have to come and reunite with us in our land. So that's that's the thing about us. And for my husband, Clarence, he actually has to come to me, and we start a life in my in my village in my land. I don't have to go to. We may go for a visit, but just a visit at his village. But as a, a lifetime partner or, a, you know, family figure, he has to come to me and support me in my land and my, my village. 
It's lovely. You and I know somebody very special in our PNG community, Father Paul, who does wonderful things to, you know, uh, uplift women and is in the forefront when it comes to celebrating Mother's Day. And there's some really great men out there. And um, let's just go back to your wonderful husband. Can you tell, um, you know, me more about his upbringing and what maybe his parents may have instilled some values in him that um, is different and is unique? Yes, I believe it's it's how he was brought up by his parents. You know, when I went to meet the family, I saw that uh, the treatment towards their mom and their sister were totally different. They treated them as um, queen, I, I may say, because the boys the boys do uh, you know work, and they don't want them to do a lot of work for them. So it may have been the upbringing of the mother and the father how they discipline their, their children. And I see them in not in my husband only, but also his brothers, his, his siblings. They all have beautiful marriages because of the way the parents brought them up to do things, you know, from the foundation that they built. And now it carries on to their sons and their daughters as well. That's wonderful. And what would be your advice to men who do not want to step up and be, you know, see women as a team instead of, uh, you know, somebody who gets to do all the work? Um, Men really have to love their wife. Uh, First, most, if they love their wife and their children, they will be there for, you know, supporting their, their, their wives and the mother of their children because it's really teamwork for a family to to be happy for children to grow around, you know, um, seeing that both mother and father are doing their responsibility and doing their job together. Not, you know, father watching TV while the mother is in the kitchen always or mother is doing laundry while the father is talking on the phone or chatting with their friends. So, you know, be a good example to your children, especially those that have boys as well, like, my husband does a lot. He tries to build a foundation because we have boys. He tries to tell them and teach them that house cleaning, you can brush the toilet. You have to know how to cook because this is what you will do in your future life with your wife. Lovely. So my husband is really teaching my, my boys. And my boys, are, if you ask them to clean the toilet or cook, they already know these things because their father puts them at that responsibility and tells them that I'm teaching you this so you can have a a good family later. Wow. Albert's husband Clarence sounds like one amazing dad, but one thing is clear, and that is they see themselves first and foremost as a team. What a beautiful example they're setting for their sons. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. Listening to our guests, Talita, Krebs, Dr. Elizabeth Coppel, and Alberta Sukliana might have got you thinking, am I doing too much for the men in my life, or are they doing too little? The good news is that it is never too late to change, and attitudes are shifting. So while it might have been acceptable for women to do all the work back in the day, that has changed. 
Many hands make light work. Thank you so much for joining me. Hilda Wayne for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia, a weekly show by Pacific Islands Women for Pacific Islands Women, where we get together to talk about the issues that are important to us. If you've missed an episode of the show, catch up on our podcasts. In the Pacific, just search for Sisters Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. If you're in Australia, you can listen to Sisters Let's Talk on the ABC Listen app. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is S-I-S-T-A-S at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, how can an inclusive society change the lives of women with disability? As a blind woman, some of the barriers I faced while growing up was mainly trying to change the mindset of the community towards me and towards other women and girls with disabilities. That applies to all levels of um, society, from family to education to you know, employment, and also trying to make sure that the society accepts us for who we are, rather than seeing from the perspective of the disabilities we have. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented by me, Hilda Wayne. It's produced by Melissa Macon. Our supervising producer is Kim Lester. Executive producer is Inga Stunzner. Our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Thanks also to Justin Kelly. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. And Kasol Nabungimu next time.